You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. It is the J.J. Watt episode. Yes, indeed. Last week, the Houston Texans released legend, Texans legend, J.J. Watt. And Watt released a video talking about his appreciation to the people of Houston, the state of Texas, and his desire to move on, his desire to go win a Super Bowl. And the reporting since then has been that the number one driving force in where he wants to be is his ability to win a Super Bowl. It's all about fit and what he can do with that team. Also reported since then, Ed Werder said there are about a dozen teams that reached out and were in on J.J. Watt. Bill Huber reported the Packers were one of those teams. And of course, the Packers are one of those teams because there are only a handful of teams going into the year that look like before the draft, before free agency, they can win the Super Bowl. Green Bay is one of those teams. You look at the futures odds, Bet Online has futures odds, and the Packers are right up there. I mean, the Chiefs are still the favorites, but then you've got the Bucks, the Rams, and the Packers all right there. And that is makes it easy for J.J. Watt to say, I mean, he might not be looking at betting odds, um, but if he is, I hope he's looking at bet online. And he he can see who was in the NFC Championship game last year. He can see who the MVP was. And he can see that this is a talented team that is going to have an opportunity to sign him. The salary cap is something that we can save for the second part of the show because the Packers did some things over the weekend that can make this all easier, and we're going to put those pieces together. This is the first part of it, though. So what becomes available? Then the question becomes, does he want to go to Green Bay? Well, we know about his connection to the state. He's from Milwaukee, played at the University of Wisconsin at Madison, and his wife plays for the soccer team in Chicago. Presumably, he would love to be in the Midwest, would love to come home and play for the Packers. He talked when they had a scrimmage with Green Bay, talked about how emotional it was for him to to come home and play in Green Bay. You know that this place is special to him, and the Packers are reportedly in on J.J. Watt. If his interest is based in Super Bowl titles, And the ability to go win one, Green Bay, among the favorites for 2021. All of those things work together to tell you that there is a very real path to that. Okay, so what is his level at this point? He is still a really good player. And and I know that there is this idea out there that he's washed up. 
and he doesn't affect the game anymore and that he's always injured. And he did go through a slew of seasons where he could not stay on the field. He's had back problems, elbow problems. And it, it is a shame because at his peak in that stretch from 2011, 2012 into 2014, he was as dominant a defensive player as we have ever seen. And he was single-handedly, basically, that team, that team's everything, really. I mean, it was him and, and Andre Johnson. That was it. His play is not at that level anymore, but he's still a really good player. When I was watching the tape for the Texans game, when the Packers played the Texans in 2020, I was going, hey, if you don't block J.J. Watt, it's a problem. And I don't mean don't assign anyone. I mean, if you don't win, he can still whip your butt. He can still beat offensive tackles. He can still reduce inside and beat guards with power, with agility when he is out there. And probably the best way to use him is in a rotational role. Play inside, play outside, play a little bit of everywhere. He can play on the edge and match up with tackles. Reduce inside and passing situations and go beat guards. Imagine a sub package that includes Kenny Clark, Sidereus Smith, J.J. Watt, and Rashawn Gary. Who are you going to double? Who are you going to let play one-on-one with your guard or your center? And think of how many guys you can play inside. Now you have three bona fide interior rushers with Z, Clark, and Watt. Watt is still a very, very good player. One of the, I would say still one of the, the 10 best edge rushers in the league. Pass rushers probably full stop. The sack numbers don't speak to it. But to the point I made on Twitter... He hasn't been single blocked on a consistent basis since he was in high school, probably. Probably maybe like his sophomore year at Madison. He still gets a lot of attention. He still sees chips and, you know, slide protections his way. And he's got tight ends hitting him off the line of scrimmage. And he's got running backs shaded his way, knowing that he is still fully capable of being an impact pass rusher. If the Packers added J.J. Watt, it would be very similar to what they did with Julius Peppers, someone who is not what they once were, but who could elevate their defense. And what it would also do is free you up in the draft. You don't have to worry about adding interior defenders. It makes it easier on your linebackers. Maybe you don't need to focus on linebacker as much. Now you can focus resources at offensive tackle or at cornerback or, you know, you want to add a third safety. You want to add a pass catcher at at receiver. You want to add a running back to go with A.J. Dillon and, and let Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams walk. This would free up resources elsewhere. Now, of course, it's going to take some freeing up of resources by the Packers to start with just to get to J.J. Watt. But there is no question that J.J. Watt would make the Packers better, addresses a, I wouldn't say a position of need, but it makes it easier to do something like move on from Dean Lowry, which could save you a couple million dollars. Move on from Tyler Lancaster. And even though that's not a big money saver, it's a roster spot and it is some money that you're not having to pay. It's going to cost real JJ is not coming to play for nothing right it's going to cost real money to get him he's not going to get 15 million that's that's just like that's not a thing my guess is he's not going to get 15 million could he get 10 could he get 12 sure could he might he play for the Packers for eight 
We don't really know what the numbers are going to look like. We assume it's going to be less than the 15 he was set to make with Houston. Now, where is where is the the right number? I think only he can he can say for sure because it's going to be about fit. If he can't if he can't go to Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh can't make the money work or doesn't want to make the money work, which is really the more appropriate way to look at it, to play with TJ and Green Bay says, now we're good. Then he might just say, what's the best situation offering me the most money? Remember, though, this is a guy who has made, you know, all the money he can ever hope to spend. And at this point, he's making money so that he can give it away. I mean, he's that kind of guy. He's a charitable guy. We know that about him. He makes the Packers better. And I think I'll even take it a step further. Let's say Green Bay lets all their free agents go. And yes, you're losing two really good starters, Corey Lindsley and Aaron Jones. You're losing a starting corner, a very good backup running back. And, you know, that's those are those are real snaps that you have to replace, important snaps. If you replace those guys, and let's say Green Bay can do whatever they need to do cap-wise to make this all work and get J.J. Watt. Adding Watt, assuming they don't have to make other weird cuts that we don't foresee. You know, you cut Preston Smith, you cut Christian Kirksey. That's not going to kill you because you have in-house replacements for them, guys who were already playing better last year than, than those guys. You add J.J. Watt to this team, I think you are the favorite in the NFC because what's going on in Tampa, because because that's that's part of this, you're going you're gonna to keep J.J. Watt from Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay might say, hey, look, Shaq Barrett, um, thanks for helping us win a Super Bowl. You go get paid. We'll take J.J. Watt at a fraction of the cost and try and go win us a Super Bowl again. You sign J.J. Watt in Green Bay, he can't go to Tampa Bay because, hey, look, they could they could use him. They might not resign in Dominican Sioux. Hey, he could, he could go there. He could go there and help them. So it's just as important from that standpoint to sign Watt to keep him away from everyone else. Because you elevate yourself when you do that. So not only is he still a really good player who would be a significant upgrade over the other guys that you have there, the Dean Lowry's, even Kingsley Kiki, he's certainly better than Kingsley Kiki. Now, in in two years, is it going to be the same thing? Because, you know, Watt has fallen off physically and because Kingsley Kiki has evolved in some way? Who knows? Maybe not. But for 2021... There's no question. I mean, it's not even, it's silliness. J.J. Watt is much better. He's still really good. If you add Watt to this team, you are the favorite in the NFC, and you might be the favorite in the NFC anyway, depending on what happens in free agency, what happens with Tampa. If Shaq Barrett can't stay, Levante David, Chris Godwin, I mean, they have some they have some major money to have to shell out here. They have to figure out what they're going to do with Gronk and Antonio Brown. That's going to cost money. If you can bring this core back and add Watt, that's great. And then figure out, okay, now you add someone, a little playmaker in the draft, someone just to give you a little extra juice, a little run after the catch. And you find a cornerback who can come in and play in the slot right away maybe after you sign you know, Xavier Rhodes for the minimum or something like that. These are the moves. These are the moves that can take you over the top and get you to the Super Bowl. 
Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action in your life. Football may not be around anymore, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and get 50% on a welcome bonus on that first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Here on Locked on Packers, we're covering everything that you need to know about the Packers. But what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by me, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. So the Packers are way over the cap, right? Can't do it. J.J. Watt's a pipe dream never going to happen. Well, okay. Except over the weekend, the Packers cleared over $8 million of cap space by converting a bonus for David Bakhtiari into a signing bonus. And I'm, I'm going to spare you, you know, the, the gory play-by-play of the accounting in all of this. But a signing bonus um, allows the Packers to spread that, that hit out, and it saves them $8 million on the cap in 2021. That gets them down. They need to clear about another 20, 21 million, depending on where the cap is, and, and potentially less, again, depending on where the cap is, to get just to March, just to get to the new league year. And then they're going to have to clear some more space after that. Now, what, what David Boxiari allows them to do is it makes it easier to get to that threshold of even and then worry about some of this other stuff later. You know, the the Packers like to keep five, six, seven, eight million dollars in room to just have. Well, you don't need that until later. You don't need that until later. So you convert some of this bonus money for David Bakhtiari, and now you're in a position where you are closer to getting back to even, which allows you obviously to be closer to getting back in the positive in terms of having money to operate. I also don't think it's a coincidence that this happened now. That J.J. Watt comes on the market, the Packers are reportedly interested, and that same weekend, they move money for David Bakhtiari. They didn't have to do that. They could have waited. They could have done it another day. They could have done it Monday. They could have done it a week from now. This, This could very well have been a signal, a signal to J.J.'s camp. And to maybe to Aaron Rodgers camp and and to other players to say, hey, look, we're trying to do something here. And David Bakhtiari is is leading by example. Now, Tom Silverstein reported that this was something that was that was in there all along. Of course, that makes sense when the Packers signed this deal and they signed it while they knew the cap was probably going to go down, that this was a mechanism that they could use to save themselves some money. Now, they still have to do some things. They still need to cut Christian Kirksey. They still need to move some money around. Maybe they restructure Aaron Rodgers. They could do the same thing with him. They could convert some base salary into bonus, clear space. They could restructure Zedaria Smith. They could extend Zedaria Smith. They could extend Devontae Adams. That would make a lot of sense. You could reduce his cap hit and, and extend him 
Now, these are, are guys that you're extending into their 30s. And so maybe the Packers are a little bit more, more leery of that. But now you have a little bit more flexibility. Maybe you decide you need to, put, to post June 1 cut Preston Smith. You don't get that money until June 1. But maybe that buffer, because that could, that could be $12 million if you post June 1 him. It's $8 million if you just cut him. Well, if you need the money now, you got to just cut him and deal with that loss of the excess that you would you would have there. But if you you just need that money for your buffer, let's say, then that makes it easier to say, okay, well, we can wait because the Packers have gotten far enough to the point where they can maneuver a little bit better and they don't need to take the short-term win. They can take the longer-term win and use that extra $4 million and there is your buffer. Or at least that's a, a, a contributor to your buffer. They can do this. And I know that there are, you know, some some Packer media people out there, some fans out there who are like, you know, this is this is silly. The the cap isn't isn't an illusion. It's not fake. It's fake. It's an illusion. And it's not that it, it like it, it's not that it doesn't exist. It exists, but it doesn't do the thing that we we say it does. It doesn't really cap teams. Not really. Because you can always sign the guy you want to sign. Andrew Brandt, former Packers executive, talks about this all the time. You have to make choices. You have to make trade-offs. It's not that the Packers don't have money to sign J.J. Watt. It's that signing J.J. Watt would require a lot of machinations with the cap. It would require a lot of restructures and some, some potential difficult choices. Well... They're probably already going to cut Preston Smith, probably already going to cut Christian Kirksey. Um, they would make it easier. You sign Watt, easier to, to cut Dean Lowry. Going to move on from Funchess in all likelihood. That shaves off another million, million and a half. And if Aaron Rodgers is playing as good as he is, maybe they're fine restructuring him, converting some to bonus, saving some money now and pushing that money down into the last year of his contract. Maybe they weren't planning to do that before, not planning to do that when they drafted Jordan Love. But Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing like this when they did that. Now they have to do that. The Zadarius Smith deal was always a two-year deal and figure it out later. I mean, he has monster cap hits in 2021 and 2022. They're going to rework that deal. Now they have to do that. They still got to figure that stuff out. You know, they could cut Rick Wagner, save some money and bring him back and just say, hey man, we can't. We can't deal with you on this number, so we're going to release you, and we'd love to have you back at a lower number. He may say, fine, but no. Either cut me, and I'll go somewhere else, or I'm staying. And I feel like Rick Wagner played well enough last year that he deserves that. $6 million for um, a starting caliber offensive tackle who doesn't have to start for you, but may have to start for you with an injury to David Bakhtiari at the start of the season? Yeah. That's probably worth the money. These are the trade-offs that Green Bay has to make. These are the trade-offs that every team has to make. So if bringing in someone like J.J. Watt means you have to do an extra contract restructure or you have to do an extra cut, then you have to weigh that, the benefit with the cost, the same way you have to do with any other move. The same way you do, frankly, in free agency. Okay, we're going to pay this guy um, $10 million. Well, what could we otherwise do with that $10 million? It's just a more direct 
equation of opportunity cost. Because when you pay a player in free agency $10 million, that's $10 million you could have spent on something or someone else. In the case of a free agent, you can do the same thing. Because these are non-guaranteed contracts, there's always someone you can cut. There's always someone you can restructure. There's always something you can do to get yourself in a position to add the player you really want to add. And it is a very direct opportunity cost valuation here. Okay, I have to cut Preston Smith in order to get JJ Watt. Is that worth it to me? And is it worth it if I have to eat an, if I have to do it now and I have to eat an extra 4 million in dead cap? Is that worth it? It's not that they can't sign J.J. Watt. It's that they can't sign J.J. Watt unless they do X, Y, and Z. Well, what is your appetite to do X, Y, and Z? A lot of this stuff, they were going to do anyway. They had to get under the cap anyway. So now you just have to do a little bit more to give yourself some more wiggle room. What you want is more cap. You want that number to be higher, if at all possible, if you're a Packers fan. And you want, you want Aaron Rodgers to say, you want him to come out. And by the way, he hasn't done this. I think it's interesting. Not only has he not done this, no one has asked him about it. Packers media asked Brian Gutekunst, hey, uh, don't you think that if your quarterback wants, wants to have you know, a little security, you could just rework his deal and, and turn some of that money into bonus and, and sprinkle it into the last year of his deal so you have to you know, keep him? No one asked Aaron Rodgers. No one said, hey, Raj, you know what you could do if you really want to be here is say, I'll take less. Let's rework the deal. I'll take less. Tom Brady took less. You love Tom Brady. He just won a Super Bowl. I mean, they they went to the Super they won a Super Bowl with Darrell Revis making Tom Brady's making 14, 15 million dollars a year. You're making 30. What's the deal? Help out the team. Now I'm not saying he should do that. Just think it's interesting no one has said anything about it. Just think it's interesting. Rodgers could could come out. I, I'm actually a little surprised. I'm a little surprised that Rodgers hasn't said, hey, you know what we could do? You know what would be great? I don't need more money. We don't need to rework this deal. I don't need an extension. I just want a little security. Let's just take some of my money, my base salary, let's convert it to bonus. Spread out the cap. I'm making it easier for you to build a team. And... It, it guarantees me probably at least another year, maybe two, within the organization. Why don't we do that? Let's do that. And now you're putting pressure on the organization. If you're not even taking less money. Just, just, you know, something to think about here. I'm surprised he hasn't used his leverage in that way. I'm, I'm frankly not surprised no one asked him about it. I'm a little surprised that the question was phrased to Brian Gutekinds the way that it was. That's neither here nor there. The TLTR of all of this is they can do it. They can bring in J.J. Watt and the, and the move to free up this eight plus million in space. It's something that they were going to do anyway. But I do think the timing of it is worth mentioning. And I think Green Bay is very much a real player to bring on J.J. Watt. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And it's getting even better. 
They're, they've got a new flavor coming out that is unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. That's to go along with flavors like caramel brownie, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Uh, my favorite are, you know, the hardcore dessert flavors, <laughs> salted caramel, peanut butter brownie. Um, but the coconut is is really good. Toffee almond. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber right now go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20 percent off your next order that's promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com it is mock draft monday and of course we had to do a mock so i, I didn't at the risk of being repetitive i wanted to find a way to mix it up so i thought okay um i was i was talking to Mike Renner over at Pro Football Focus, who happens to be a Packers fan. And and I was saying, oh, you know, Christian Derrissaw would be great if he fell for Green Bay. And he was sort of like, why? They have Elton Jenkins. And I, you know, I, I think Elton Jenkins could be a really good right tackle. What if the Packers view Jenkins as a long-term tackle? How does that affect a draft like this one? And... If what you really need to do is long-term, find a replacement for Jenkins. Maybe it's John Runyon Jr., maybe it's not. Th- then you maybe don't have to worry about it. Maybe you can just wait. You know, they got a bunch of interior offensive line with Jake Hansen and, and Simon Stepanek. So maybe you're just like ready to roll with those guys for another year. And, and you've got Jenkins to be your swing tackle, even though he's going to be your guard in 2021. You got Rick Wagner coming back, Billy Turner until Bakhtiari comes back and, and you're good to go. So what is that? What could that look like then for your draft? So I had the opportunity at 29 to take Nick Bolton, the linebacker from Missouri. Now, longtime listeners and followers of me on Twitter will know that that is would not be the pick that I would make. But in a situation where I think Green Bay will sign a veteran corner for cheap and in a situation where I think offensively they're in a really good place, if they're not going to take a tackle and there is no corner worth taking there and in this mock there wasn't, you know, if J.C. Horn is there, you take it. Okay, done. Easy. Nick Bolton gives them the kind of player that Joe Barry was talking about with speed. And his ability to get anywhere on the football field, to play in zone, and to run and tackle and sideline to sideline, that kind of guy. In the second round, I got Joe Tryon from Washington. Edge rusher, athletic guy. If Preston Smith is going to be gone, and I assume Preston Smith is going to be gone, you need a third guy. You always need a third guy. I I don't know how likely this is, but Diami Brown in the third round... I know Jake Morley is is like throwing his fists in the air right now. He thinks Brown should be a first round pick um, or could be a first round pick. I don't I don't think he will be if the Packers got him at 92. I, I think it's a steal. This is where you can start to to gain some of those advantages on not having to fill these spots right away. You can get them with some of these sort of niche players like Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. Not on every down back. But someone who would complement A.J. Dillon really well, you're getting good value in the fourth round with the running back. And he's someone who can he can have a pass catcher role. You can spread him out. You can let him run jet sweeps and do a little bit of the Tyler Irvin thing. There are some players on here who I have been um, consistently drafting someone like Rodarius Williams after after Gainwell in the fourth. I took three corners and a safety. 
Rodarius Williams, Caden Stern from Texas, the safety. Rashad Wild Goose from Wisconsin. He was the best player on the board. Don't give me any crap about being from Wisconsin. And Marco Wilson, Quincy Wilson's brother, corner from Florida, throwing Wap Taylor, or excuse me, Wap Filer in the in the middle there. And I, I think you've got a bunch of guys who you just throw out the roster and see if someone sticks. I could see Green Bay going that route with the cornerback position. You don't find anyone early that you like. And so Brian Gutekinds on day three just like goes nuts throwing picks at these guys and tries to figure out, okay, can we get one of these guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling? He hits. Okay, Jamon Moore, not in the league anymore. Um, Equinemia St. Brown, sort of enigmatic. Is that his time is running short for him to prove something. So, you know, see if you can get one of these guys um, and, and do it on the cheap a little bit to go along with your veteran. I think there are a lot of options for Green Bay because they don't have that many holes. I mean, they just don't. And especially if you can fill one of them with J.J. Watt, Man, you'd be in really good position here moving forward. We'll be back tomorrow and the rest of the week, five days a week. We're doing five days a week in the offseason because you asked for it and because we got a lot to talk about. um, The the Packers remain a very interesting team and I think could only become more interesting in in this week because, look, there might be a new quarterback in Chicago um, and there might be a new pass rusher coming to take his head off in Green Bay. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.